The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond, beyond, beyond. Yes. <laughs> this is the second week in a row you have not said the name of the show, and you're in trouble. You're on thin ice. Did you lose a bet? <laughs> Well, that's a lot of bets. Mark, you're yeah. in big trouble. Oh, dang. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 481. Holy moly. That's so many episodes, and I lose count every week. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about Horizon Zero Dawn. If you're one of those people who just wants to avoid spoilers entirely, uh, don't don't follow video game coverage on the <laughs> internet. But we are going to be uh, steering very clear of spoilers, so talking about how the game works, how it functions, how we feel about playing it. Not so much about story, so if that worries you... Uh, just, you know, take it with a grain of salt, and it's okay. Don't be scared. Anyway, I'm Max Scoville. I'm joined by Brian Altano. Hey. Zach Ryan. Hey. And, uh, also. And, um, um, hey. Marty. Hey. Hey. The hey. Sleva. Hey. Uh, yeah. No one's, no one's a man named Marty Sleva followed me on Instagram, and he's this 14, I guess it's not a man, a 14-year-old, <laughs> like, Brazilian bodybuilder. Okay, it's all very strange. You can't really be a bodybuilder yes. if you're 14. Yeah, That's you can. Just because you can't gain weight doesn't mean other Marty Sleva can't. Jesus. <laughs> Well, Sharks so are out tonight. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's talk about Horizon Zero Dawn instead of fourteen-year-old uh, bodybuilders, because that's... We'll, we'll circle back to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that one. Um, yeah, so we've all had a chance to play a bit of the game. Uh, I think I put like twelve hours in. Uh, Brian, you beat it something like thirty hours. Yes. Yeah, Zach, you're it. That's how you spent your long weekend. Yeah, yes. and, yeah I'm, I'm, and going. I'm, I'm at about fifteen hours in. Yeah, and you yeah. did like preview events and stuff, so you uh-huh. had like a good time. Oh yeah, yeah. To screw around with it. And Marty, yeah, you same. what? I think fifteen to seventeen yeah. hours. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. Long story short, it's a really, really good game. Yeah, it's uh, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, Lucy O'Brien reviewed it for IGN. You can check out the full review. Uh, she gave it a nine point three mm-hmm. out of Dawn Horizon. <laughs> nine point three out of Oh crap! I wrote that this morning. That's stupid. Anyway, um, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we uh, there's a lot to talk about here. This this is a massive, massive game. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, understatement, right? I, I think that that. We were not prepared for this game to be as huge as it no. is. I think the, our sort of initial reaction to seeing this sort of game, we would have guessed maybe 20-ish hours. And yep. so when reports started coming in like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sinking 40, 50, 60 yeah. hours in this game to 100%, it, I think we were all sort of taken aback. And then, you know, you look at the size of the map, and it's just this enormous sprawl. I think you had texted me this weekend about how genuinely it could take you more than an hour to run all the way across the map. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just going end-to-end on this map, which is hard to do because it's very strangely shaped, is... Um, it, a tremendous undertaking. And it's also shows that just how gorgeous this game is and how uh, sort of varied the landscapes are. Mm. Like, it doesn't, like, I don't know, like, I play a lot of open world games, right? We all do. It's just kind of the nature of, of the business. Um, you look at something like Watch Dogs, it's, it's all San Francisco. You look at um, even Red Dead, like, gets a little samey at some parts. This feels like it is just constantly moving and evolving. Well, yeah, I mean, it sort of feels to me like, ironically enough, like a Zelda game in the fact that there's yeah. there's yeah. a desert area, there's an ice area, there's a forest area. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. that's that's my thing is going into it. The two things I'm surprised most by my time with it, uh, which I feel like we didn't have a good grasp of early on. Was no, we had no idea. A because all we saw was sort of that one demo from E3 where she's taking down the one monster the by ruins. the by the river yeah. in the ruins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's a uh, how varied. This game is in terms of uh, 
enemy encounters, enemy design, and world, and then B, just what you're doing and how it does really pull in all of these uh, light RPG and mm-hmm. crafting and puzzle uh-huh. and sort of Zelda-esque elements totally. into the combat. And I think the path to, to which we got here, where we're all actually playing it now, um, and you will be soon too, hopefully, uh, you absolutely should because it's fantastic, uh, was skepticism and sort of like mild optimism. There's a lot of like we've seen preview events. We've I mean, When you came back the other day, that's the first time I was just like, oh, this is a big thing here. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's like it's coming from Gorilla. It's a really good studio, but in yeah. terms of large-scale ambitious stuff, this is the first time they've really done yeah, well, yeah, they've, yeah they've made sort of set piece games you yeah. know so yeah. i mean i think gorilla this game they've moved out of good studio into incredible studio oh, yeah. so yeah. i, I yeah, think they they're really like the they have sort of sure. stepped up and entered the top tier of sony's first party yep. you know studio lineup yeah. which is some of the best studios in the world mm-hmm. just um, which is insane which is awesome yeah. it's like so cool that there's like there's a studio now making games like this that are redefining the sort of scope in which i thought a video game could have mm-hmm. like this is just like I'm giddy just thinking about it, talking about it, because I don't really think I've played anything yeah. like this in a very long time. Well, I, it's, also, it's also staggering, like the just on a technical level. Yes. Oh God, uh, yeah. this is possibly the best looking console game. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's anything like possible about it. I think yeah. this is hands down yeah. the best looking game I've ever played. Even Which we like, were all saying yeah. about Uncharted Four last year, but yeah. this is Uncharted 4's graphics in a massive open yeah. world game with no load, times. no load yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if when you, you like, fast travel or die, if, but yeah. yeah, exactly. I was gonna say if you fast travel or die, like you're in for not even a hefty load time, yeah. Yeah. like a relatively short load time, and then you just have this giant, gorgeous sprawl to explore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and to explain, uh, Zach, Max, and I are playing on. Oh, Zach, Max. Yeah, Zach, Max, and I. Uh, Standard PS4 on regular yeah. 1080p TVs. Brian is the one playing on uh, the PS4 Pro. Yeah. Uh, what's that like? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a reason that you sunk as much time into yeah. it as you yeah. it's, it's just It's just an absolutely stunning game to look at. Like The HDR stuff is fantastic because this game handles lighting really, really well. Mm-hmm. The way um, sunsets and sunrises happen, uh, yeah. when you're in the middle of a massive monster battle and you look up and there's this giant screaming robot eagle flying yeah. around yeah. and he's blocking the sun and like the, the lighting coming through. Yeah. Yeah, big it's, surprise, a game called Horizon Zero Dawn has a lot of emphasis on suns right yeah. yeah, and they're yeah. really Really, really good looking. Um, the game looks stunning in 4K. It's locked at 30 frames per second the entire time. Uh, there is a pro patch coming on day one that'll actually let you tweak settings in it even more. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to basically overclock it, you can. Wow. Um, it's it's yeah it definitely the best looking video game i've ever played i mean it's it's not even a question yeah let's talk a little bit about um the amount of time that that you know you finish the game mm-hmm. uh you said you put about what 20 ish hours to get to the end of the campaign would yeah you say? i think i got through the campaign at about 20 and you know it's it's such a big game that it's easy to get distracted yeah you're walking from point a to point b and then you know these robots come out of nowhere basically that's completely unscripted events it's sort of you're sort of like far cry ish where you can look at the map and be like oh there's uh crocodile robots over here and there's yeah, what like, i like is though in far cry you, you recognize the silhouette of the animal you're like that's a bear i've known that yeah. since i was too young to read you know yeah. yep. this is like the hell is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And some, like, of, some of the animals are are passive, like yeah. until you engage in combat. Some of them will run away. Some of them are just angry. You're like, well, I'm gonna go over here because this thing looks nice. You're like, oh no, that man's not nice at all. Yeah. I do love that, by yeah. the way. That like you'll like there's certain like bird animals in that game that uh, will run away from you, yeah. and there's others that will just kick the ever living crap at you, yeah. like literally jump in the air and kick yeah. you in the mouth. This game is not easy. No, like this not. game, even if you're playing on easy, this game pushes back pretty hard. Yeah, and it's yeah. Uh, I mean, it's I think that's worth noting. But it's not like not a bad thing. Also, yeah. one of the things about this game is it felt like every second I was playing, no matter if I was just wandering around or doing a side quest or running an errand or doing the main quest, I felt like I was making progress. Yeah. yeah. Because the uh, sort of the level in which the game rewards uh, either with experience in combat, with uh, parts and scraps that you loot after killing a mm-hmm. monster to uh, sort of just like natural flora and fauna that you harvest in the environment. Everything is building up towards getting you to the next level, unlocking a new skill, uh, upgrading your weapons, buying new yep. weapons. Uh, and it just it, it, it it's, has me addicted in the loop more than any game in recent Absolutely. Memory. And it all feeds into the fact that the combat in this game is excellent. Yeah. It's excellent. It's, yeah. It's, it's like there are video games where I play where I... Uh, I'll grind through an area and then come back and then sort of avoid a bunch of enemies because I don't want to deal with them. I, I do a thing in this game a lot, which I can tell is a mark for a game with good combat, is I'll be walking through an area that I've gotten past already and I'll just be like, hey, uh, 
what if I shot that dude in the eye with an arrow? Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's like six robot dogs. like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm taking you all on right now. Um, there's a great mix of sort of uh, uh, long-distance weaponry with your bow and arrow. The um, sort of like the tie-down system where you shoot ropes at these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And uh, <laughs> lock them into place. Um, targeting specific areas and uh, based on their weaknesses and hitting with the right weapons. Um, there are like landmines that look like uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 balloons. Yeah. yeah. That you basically tie down to the ground and you can lure using like whistling or rocks or a bunch of other things you can lure enemies into them so like some crocodile will be like hey i heard a whistle and then he runs into a bomb and you're like well that's a dumb sentence but yeah. that was so much fun yeah yeah, yeah there's also straight up melee combat with yeah. your staff which uh in terms of combat i feel like that's the weakest yes. element yeah. it's uh, a last yeah. ditch effort the, but you can level up your staff so the to thing get that the thing awesome. that i was genuinely concerned about coming back from my first hands-on with horizon was the melee combat there's no lock on you know and it makes sense for a game that is so much more about shooting like it's so much yeah. more about your bow and arrow it's so much more about like creating traps for these enormous beasts because ultimately what you want to do is get them to a point where like you can get them weak enough to a point where you can approach them and do like a critical strike or yeah. something like that and you don't necessarily need to rely or want to rely on the melee combat and so therefore i do think that that the melee is the weakest part because you're constantly like if you're if an enemy closes a gap fast enough that you have to melee it's sometimes it can get tricky. You have to dodge yeah. and then recenter the camera so that you know where the enemy's at. Well, and there's tricks around that too. Like you yeah. can upgrade your dodge roll to make yeah. that easier yeah. for you. The lock on thing is an interesting choice or the lack of one because I think they really want you to focus on targeting specific areas on yeah. well, on these beasts. Mm-hmm. So like you'll you'll be fighting something from a distance, you'll scan it real quick, and then you'll be able to take it out section by section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think and one of the things with melee is when you get uh, at a distance, you're you're uh, much more prepared to be observed of your surroundings whereas when you get up and close with melee and the camera gets in there a lot of times you'll get hit from behind because yeah. you won't even know that there's more beast I mean, it, behind it, you. it's common sense if you're yeah. actually paying attention to what you're doing like yes they will kick your ass if yeah. you run in and try to hit them with your stick that's not how this works mm-hmm. like you're going up against a robot tyrannosaurus of course yeah. it will kick your ass yeah, yeah. like try some like prepare a little bit oh, do no. your homework and no but it is awesome how like every time you discover a new breed of dinosaur which happens very frequently and you know a lot of really cool surprising things uh it each encounter at first feels like a puzzle in and of itself yeah. like yeah. what is this thing what is this thing's weakness and do i have the tools yet at this point where yeah. i can exploit it feels those weaknesses like, it feels like a far cry game if a bunch Bunch of the animals out in the wild were Zelda bosses. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But if the Zelda bosses weren't so much video gamey as that they had like an actual anatomy to them, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like which, there, are, there are like these antelope things that are running around, and they've basically got like propane tanks on their backs, which is a pretty horrible evolutionary trait. You just like shoot them, and one of them will catch fire, and other ones will be like, "What's yeah. wrong with you, Phil?" And then yeah. he'll explode, and then a bunch of logs will fall over. Awesome, um, Phil. But yeah, like the fact that it's not just like, "Oh, shoot the shoot the caterpillar in the head three times until he flashes red, and then kill him." Yeah, like it's not that's dumbed down. Like it's it's there's a incredibly deep like technical thing to fighting the monsters. Yeah, they in almost this. feel like colossi and shove the yeah. bosses. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it, like you're saying, like it just does a really great job of of slowly teaching you how to approach those encounters. Like you, you know, there's a section of the game where I ran across a couple of these like alligator enemies, and they just like knocked me on my ass a couple of times. Oh you yeah, know, it took me like two or three times to figure out like okay, I need to lure them this direction, set up a rope trap. They'll trip the rope trap and they'll get stunned, and mm-hmm. then when that happens, then I can use fire arrows to explode these tanks, and that takes them down to like half health. And if that's the point, then I can get in and melee and finish them off. And so like you learn these different approaches for these different dinosaurs, well, and then you can apply that learning to other creatures. That's totally road. where like, the game shines yeah. too, right? Yeah, because like, I think some people were going to go in with arrows and just melee and be like this game sucks i don't like it i keep getting killed and it's like you have to strategize you have to pull back a little bit to me it feels like it's the like the monster hunter game that finally clicked with me oh yeah i've been trying to get in those games for years we did a series here at igm where they taught me how to play it um and i got it a little bit but it just didn't stick whereas this game like i can't stop playing it so the interesting thing there is that that is like monster hunter at its roots is an rpg Mm -hmm. you know and it's still based on just stats and stuff i feel like this separates the kind of the rpg like approach but adds in like a very kind of tactile combat system right yeah uh, i mean like we wrote the i wrote kind of a bunch of things it reminds me of here and you put in a picture of dennis miller because i made too many references <laughs> uh but i said like combat and ga- combat and gameplay and like just sort of like progression it's far cry and tomb raider and monster hunter uh the world is like far cry primal a little bit of destiny and a little bit of nashka and avatar the last airbender and then you know graphically it's uncharted meets the witcher uh 
a lot of other bits and pieces there. There's like mm-hmm. there's stuff in there that reminds me of Shadow of Mordor, which in its in itself takes from Far Cry and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, you're you're adding like you know upgrade runes and stuff to your to your weapons, and you're you know you're going through like the, the crafting is incredibly deep. All the systems in there are just they're bonkers. Like they're incredibly yeah. incredibly deep. But if I had to pinpoint the one thing this game is doing that it's doing better than like anything else around it is just the monster fights. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that the entire rest of the world there is to support the fact that you're fighting these robot dinosaurs. Yeah. I think, Um, I think the world in this game is, is one of the coolest characters I've seen in a video game in a long time in terms of just like the art direction in this world. And when you're fight when you're going through these massive battles with giant monsters and you turn around and you're like, Oh my God, like look at that. Yeah. Incredible. Like wild West Vista back there. You're constantly, engaging these creatures in a way that is like in areas that are built to engage these animals right so like you'll come across a a clearing and you'll fight say like a sawtooth or something and you hide in the long grass until he comes close enough that you can do a critical strike and then he knows where you're at so you run you jump over a rock and slide underneath something else so that he loses track of you then you hide in the grass again until he's like where do they go that's so slide into sneak the back around the slide again. in the grass like, is awesome. it's never yeah. is it never not rewarding yeah, yeah. Also, like, well have you guys really cool. have you guys done a lot of the uh slide and shoot like that's something that i do oh, a lot. Like, slow like i'll come out of the yep. or yep. out of our into the grass like sliding on my knees mm-hmm. and then pull back and shoot and it's just like that that's like yep. to me that's like popping in and out of the batmobile in arkham knight like that will never get old yeah that's yeah. just a like, solid mechanic yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah what i love though is that we we look at this and we're we've killed so many animals in video games like, we're, <laughs> we're awful awful people yeah and it's easy to look at these things and be like oh that's a tyrannosaurus i've fought many of those in my time sure i've slain dragons i've killed bears but these are like weird ass robot iterations of existing and so like what you're talking about the alligators the first time i came across the alligators they're called like riverbacks or some crap like mm. that uh and i when i was like oh they're they're like little slow guys i'm used to fighting like far cry alligators and i shoot one in the face with an arrow and it proceeds it just to like charges just, up the bank it yeah. like lunges it like yeah. dives in the air and i'm like oh right it's a robot it, it, it's <laughs> not this there's no logic here right and then or you realize like, like freeze bombs uh, at yeah. you or yeah, something yeah. but then yeah. you realize two of his friends are sitting behind him oh yeah, yeah. and then right behind you are like two giant or birds watchers. and a stegosaurus right. yeah. and you're like what what did i get myself into so yeah. the moment that i was like oh crap this is what this is doing that's really exciting uh i got into like the basically i, I kind of crossed this mountain pass and i went from like you know, scenic Arctic mountains into this like big, oh, like, the Arctic mountains. yeah, this big, big, uh, you know, desert. Yeah. It's yeah. like suddenly like, Oh, massive change in, in climate. And there are these dudes walking around who look like big robot buffaloes or elephants or something. And I'm like, I'm going to mess with these guys. I'm going to try a little bit of strategy. I'm going to lay some traps and everything. And I do all that. And the thing is really strong. Like it is ready to, to just kick my ass. And I'm like, I've played enough video games that I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hide behind a rock. I'm going to mm-hmm. get the hell out of here. I jump over the rock and I'm hiding there to kind of like do some health and stuff. The thing comes up and does this weird like like Home Depot like thing you have your dad has to rent. It's like at the front of the rock and the rock explodes, explodes yeah. and tramples yeah. me. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that thing just messed up my cover. I yeah. didn't know it could do yeah. that. It's like, crazy. They like there's destructible environments yeah. that just randomly get thrown around in the game. Like I w- my one of my favorite moments in the game. I was texting you guys about it yesterday. Was uh, I fought these two guys? Are like rock crushers. They're basically like mm, yeah. gigantic Dinobots with drills that can go underground. They're very Shadow of the Colossus, right? And they're just gigantic. They're just like a football field. So I'm fighting two of them. They're higher level than me. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm I'm taking them both down little by little, hiding out, uh, sniping them from afar, running up, tying them down mailing the hell out of him, grenading them until I'm like, basically I kill one. I get one down to like this, his last licks and he's hurling rocks at me. He damaged me to the point where I don't have enough health items to regenerate. And if I go too far, the entire scenario will basically just cancel out. Cause it's sort of a mini mission. Uh, over this ridge, I see these like two like awful nightmare bird robots. <laughs> the eagles, are and they're just kind of like, "Hey, what's going on over there?" And they run over, and they're just like, "Who's this rock dude? Let's kick him in the mouth!" And they start beating him up for me. And then he kills both of them. One of them gets him with like a hit left. I pull out my literal last arrow, shoot it at this guy's weak spot, kills him, and solves a mission. Yeah. So the birds are dead. Both these rock crushers are dead. I loot everyone, and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I did yep. it." It's thrilling. Yeah, it's so it's, cool. It's nuts. Um. Yeah, that being said, uh, as for as amazing as the uh, robot animal encounters are, mm-hmm. I feel like the human encounters are pretty lacking. Yeah, the human, just, that's, especially in comparison. Yeah, like yeah. we we can keep comparing it to like other stuff, like you know, like Tomb Raider and, and Far Cry, and there are outposts that feel 
very far cry mm-hmm. and then you're like you're like oh here's the part where you're supposed like i did one where i think it was a bandit camp or something and it's very clear like oh there's a front door that you're supposed to use sure because i died because i went in through like some fence or something and they were right. like, and then it respawned me at the very front i was like oh that's how you're supposed to approach it which is always weird in an open world game because it's like see i haven't really run into that i feel like that that there's enough approach points and different paths to accomplish any goal in yeah. I, I mean granted I think I've done no, but three if you, go, if you, if you color like two outside the lines sure. yeah. you're like oh I'm doing this wrong and I just yeah. feel like it's not necessarily bad but it's the fact that I've I've faced enemies in a thousand games with flamethrowers and Gatling guns and sniper yeah. rifles and yeah. melee combat. So like that just seems so familiar and almost like trite to me at this point. Whereas yeah. like the robot encounters feel so different. Yeah, and so it's cool. So but cool. what I like about what I like about the bandit camps is that they start stacking on each other. Mm-hmm. Like so, the first couple of bandit camps that you go through, it's just like uh, run through and kill these bandits. Like kill all the bandits in this camp, and then it's your camp, right? But then the next couple that you run into, it's like kill all the bandits and free the prisoners, and yep. then it's kill all the bandits destroy the two robots that are here as well and then climb this tall neck and that that's how you like yeah. claim the camp yeah. like and so that. like each yeah. each gets incrementally there's yeah. another goal put on top yeah. of it yeah. that it's like and if you want to clear this out you have to do x y and z now mm-hmm. and not just not just stealth kill everyone yeah. yep. you know? also like we've gotten so used to a certain sort of formula with these outposts whether it's you know far cry or tomb raider shadow of the shadow mortar or whatever that i feel like this isn't the game's strong point and it's just sort of different from what we're used to enough that yeah. there's that like these aren't my shoes like whose shoes are these mm-hmm. it's yeah. kind of like a little bit it's familiar but it's like it's the systems are, are slightly different yeah so maybe you approach it differently but uh i think i think the bandit camps are really fun but it's also kind of like when they like i don't know put like nuts out before dinner or something you're like oh that's almonds yeah. those are great i like those but i'm not here for that you know it's just like no, i didn't come for the dinner nuts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nuts out yeah. before dinner is my new uh, hip hop album like yeah that. that's a good one um but no like i, I can mean produce it, that if you want. i don't yeah this there's there obviously there is no there is no perfect game <laughs> this game is really really good yeah yeah, yeah. and i don't love it. I know. I know. Oh, well, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you okay. do that. So yeah. that's uh, in the, <laughs> Good acting, in, though. In yeah. the Facebook. No, I mean, <laughs> I was, uh, for, Radio for, drama. For the thousands of people that don't sit at our desk. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, um, in the Facebook group, uh, Chris Thorne asked, uh, what I want about this game to talk about. For me, just want it more. But uh, just to cover all the bases, what's the worst thing or worst things about Horizon? Pick if you must. Thanks for the great show. So my issue with it is, and I've, I've been kind of like just trying to figure out what it is that doesn't click. Uh, it feels like a greatest hits compilation or a really good soundtrack uh, that has like a bunch of songs from all over the place and, and they're all really good songs and you like all of them but you already have the albums that those songs are off of like it feels there are so many familiar bits and pieces and the monster stuff is really the part where it's like this is its own thing yeah but that's like the that's the chewy center for everything else around there like uh you get to this big massive city and it's like it's staggering and you walk in there and you're like oh my god this is a huge city it's full of merchants there are people to talk to there's a mystery to solve but I've played The Witcher 3, which has like an even bigger city. Right. And, that's, and that's its strong point. Like that's yeah. the part where it's, it's you know, selling it. And then, uh, I mean, there's stuff that I've done before in, in Far Cry or in, or in Tomb Raider or in Shadow of Mordor. And I was really excited about it the first time I did it there. Uh, but, you know, I've done it a million times. Right. So it, I, I understand where you're coming from where you say it feels like a mixtape. But I feel like it feels less like a mixtape and more like like a girl talk album where you are pulling in these familiar elements from oh, yeah. games that you can totally see, yeah. but the way they're yeah. being woven yeah. together isn't just like, uh, here's that uh, Eminem song. Then here's that Godsmack song. Yeah. I haven't made uh, mixtapes in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like, I, th- I think Ubisoft's been sitting around for a few years. Like, what do we do with Far Cry? Let's make it like olden yeah. times. Let's make it uh, in the Himalayas. And they're kind of screwed now. Yeah, like totally. honestly, the way yeah. this this game came out of nowhere and was just sort of like, not like out Far Cry, Far Cry, but just took it in a completely new new so, level. I think that that you're not wrong, but I think that it does a lot of those things so much better than the standard no. as of right now. So yeah. like like engaging. Like we've already talked ad nauseum about the combat, right? Obviously, the combat is fantastic. I think that the uh, scavenging and item hunting is so addicting because it's not overwhelming like it's yeah. not like there's a hundred million things that you need to collect it's not collect these eight parts to make one upgrade like you yeah. Yeah. you're immediately upgrading the way that you're the capacity for arrows your capacity for it's potions also the, the world like, is so much more varied than any of those games too so like I, far cry yeah. you're like here's the himalayas you get like some jungle you get some mountains that's about it this is this is like super mario world and mm-hmm. then like yours like fire level there's ice level there's it's, like it's also got these like 
the, you, you incrementally level up things like you buy skill or you get skill points to level up like stealth or combat or um, scavenging. Uh, but it's so much deeper than the system, say, in like Tomb Raider yeah. or yeah. something like that. Like it's it feels so much more customizable. It's also completely open world. I think yeah. that's what the major difference. Like Tomb Raider has kind it's of like, like football like a hub and, and then, then like tunnels, a, yeah, exactly, right? yeah. Um, yeah. Which I loved. I mean, uh, that's to me comparing that game to Uncharted, which I did a lot last yeah. year, much of the chagrin of many, uh, is that it's got a lot. It's a lot more opened up. In that, in that Much way. a chagrin of many. Yes. <laughs> I got a lot of people get, getting pissed. We're still comparing the two things that no, are very yeah. similar. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is this is so odd because it is like you're comparing it. I'm comparing it to a bunch of different things. Like yeah. comparing, saying it's a, a like a remix out or a mashup album is is you know totally a student. Mm-hmm. I was you mm-hmm. know I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not. This isn't the game's fault. Like it's no. not the game's fault for being too ambitious. It's my fault for playing too many other games. Mm. Like that's the thing. If I haven't played a game in five years and I sat down with this, I'd be like, "Well, that's my new favorite game." Yeah. Like hands down. Right. There you go. Um, but like, I don't know the the variety of the of the the settings and locations actually kind of annoys me because it feels like feels like really kind of incoherent almost. Uh, it reminds me of Kingdoms of Amalur. Which would jump around and like, oh, suddenly you're in like a fairy forest, and then oh, it's the Arctic wasteland, and oh, you're in the desert. There's a cacti, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't like something about that. Just Super Mario World works because it's surrealist and cartoony and strange, but to have this simultaneously be like, all right, here's a grounded, realistic universe you're in. Yeah, uh, here's all the lore and the stories and stuff. But oh, by the way, like the basic laws of thermodynamics and like, I do think I do think it's interesting, like. Some places it works really, really well. Like yeah. going from the forest up into like the snowy areas feels totally natural and organic. But going from the plains into the desert, like literally you walk through an arc and you're in the desert. Like yeah. there's an archway with two like giant double doors. And once those double doors are open, like mm-hmm. you walk through and you're like, oh, right. Now I'm in the desert. Well, see, it's double, it's a double pane door system. Ah, so yeah. the insulation right. is yeah, great. It keeps the yeah. desert yeah. out. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I think about it like we were in Southern California for a video shoot. Uh, a week or yeah. two ago, right? It's also ironic as hell to complain about incoherent climates while living in San Francisco, yeah. where you're like, yeah. you but, blink and the fog rolls in. No, like, I mean, I, I get it. It makes sense. I mean, there's that. There's it's, video games are fake fant- fantasy nonsense, yeah. right? But at some point, you have to be like, well, there's got to be some rules here. So yeah. I, I get you on that. But then on the flip side, like we were in Southern California a week ago, and we were 20 minutes from the ocean, and we were in, uh, we were at an, in an airplane hangar yep. surrounded by like foresty looking areas and desert climates, and all off into the distance was a mountain covered in snow. And I was like, where the hell are we? Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is, this is odd. But no, no, yeah, I, this, I, yeah. I also think it's important to note that the criticisms that we're lobbing against this game are not criticisms that we would potentially have for other oh, games. Hell, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, there, there's so much good in this yeah. game that the stuff that bothers us is like, oh, the way that the well, yeah, question was, can, I, like, can I just yeah, say the sure. one thing that pisses me off more than anything else? The boars. Yeah, the boars. I'm going to talk about the damn animals. The fact is, you're in this weird future where the entire Earth or whatever is like the the animal, the robots have come to life and they've all just, they've, they're all, they've got their own society and you're a bunch, a bunch of weird like borderline medieval stuff. Like humanity has returned to this like, like fantasy age and everyone's like using weird technology and it's so far in the distant future got all these strange words for things like oh that's not gasoline that's blaze and like oh the, the freon is chill water like because you've you know, it's all been passed on through tomes yeah, referring to the all mother and yeah. yeah and it's like this entirely strange you know bizarre future what do they call turkeys turkeys are turkeys <laughs> turkeys are regular ass turkeys raccoons are raccoons right like it's just regular ass animals that are just almost kind of dropped in there for no reason mm-hmm. and if it was a cartoony game like if i mean if it's like in in zelda how there's like these like octoroks but then there's also like a and you're like, all right, whatever, that makes sense, you know. But it's not Zelda. It's like this thing that's it if it was less realistic, I wouldn't have an issue with it. But sure. the fact is it's got some of the most stunningly realistic like environments I've ever seen. Sure. Graphically, it's just it blows you away. Oh yeah, hands so sounds then, like the best looking game. So I've when ever there's played. something kind of inconsistent there, I'm like, oh, that's not a, it's not actual. You would love uh, a you would love a conversation to hit film pulp fiction where they talk about a royale with cheese. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one thing uh, we haven't talked about yet is uh, the story. Yeah. Why Which haven't we Lucy talked about loved, that? A lot of people really loved. It wasn't my favorite thing about this game. Same. I actually found myself just sort of like yep. trying to push past that to get to get back to the world. Yeah. yeah I think I, I've done 
in my 15 hours, I haven't, re- so Meridian is the city that you, you're t- like from the outset, like that's where you want to go. That's yeah. where like the, the, I guess like the turning point, I haven't made it Many, there. many missions make you return to that as well. Sure. It's sort of a central focus of the game. But I said this to JR, who's writing the guide for uh, this game, you know, I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm about 15, uh, 15 hours in, I, I'm just about to head to Meridian. And he was like, floored that I hadn't made it to Meridian yeah, in that I was, amount of time. Yeah, I was pretty surprised too. And I've been doing a lot of side quests and I think it's because I just, the story is not compelling to me. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not compelled to do the main missions because it's like, I, I'm so much more enthralled in a lot of the other stuff. Yeah, I um, mean, with no spoilers, look at the box art and tell me what you think the story's about. Like, if you guessed people made robots but then the robots hurt the people, like, you're you're pretty close. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah like, now, I, he did say, JR did say that about halfway to two thirds of the way through the story, there's a turning point that, that really hooked him. And then the yeah, rest of it, Stockholm he, syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> the rest of it, he really loved. Um, but you seemed pretty unimpressed. Like, yeah, the whole um, thing story I, wise. I, I, I kind of liked it around the middle ish. The two thirds mark is pretty cool. Um, they introduce a character, uh, voiced by Lance Reddick, who is just like a, excellent excellent voice actor You'd, you you'll be like why isn't this guy doing voices in every video game yeah. which i hopefully he, get, he gets to do now um but after that i think the story just veers into a lot of just sort of like weird nonsense um it's in terms of an rpg uh that's not really like why i'm there like mm-hmm. i think i'm there for the rpg elements the mild rpg elements if you will which i think really make this game shine but in terms of like branching dialogue trees and uh like very long winning cutscenes, one of my biggest pet peeves in this game is that you'll be in indoor areas which i'm not entirely enthused about uh there's areas called cauldrons which are basically this game's answer to zelda's zelda temples yeah or like tombs and tomb raider or tombs but they're oh. not necessarily that puzzly yep. they're basically like they funnel you through weird diagonals to get you into this big area why haven't i done one of those i don't know oh, weird. Yeah. but so what so they'll funnel you into this big area where you encounter like a, a big boss fight and then doing that lets you override more enemies out in the wild so overriding oh. is overriding is this game yeah. instead of killing an enemy and looting it, you can uh, for a limited amount of time sort of just tame it and it becomes yeah. yours and you can ride it or it will go with you in battle and yeah. stuff. And the art direction in these things is gorgeous. Yes, it's, it's those damn, cauldrons, cauldrons are beautiful, yeah. but they are not well designed. No, no they no. are sort of linear and conf- but some, somehow linear and confusing at the yep. same time. There's also um, even more lore yeah. if you really want it. There's like data cards you can scan uh-huh. and read. I'm yeah. not really into that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, sure. yeah. I feel like that was a great thing to do in Bioshock, which is now, what, 10 years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the idea of like picking up audio files and diaries and listening to them, it's kind of annoying. But at least if you're going to do that, thank God you're able to listen to it and just walk away yeah, whatever, and it yeah. keeps playing. Well, yeah. yes, but there are certain story sections where they'll be like, "Scan this hologram," and you do, and you're in this room where like five hologram characters are having a conversation at a nice. round table, oh. and you're just like, <laughs> "What? What do I do? Do I run in circles around this room?" Like it's, it, it totally breaks it for me because I play video games all the time where there's there'll be like a cutscene, but there's other times where they're just like, "Stand in one spot and listen as we tell you the story," and you're like, "No, I'm going to jump on the desk." Yeah, you'd rather that it would just trigger a cutscene. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. I mean, that kind of stuff is it's the opposite of playing a game, and this is a game that's so much about like interacting with the world. So to be like, "Oh yeah, watch this video voicemail or whatever." Yeah. I think most open world games struggle with uh, telling a really good story. Yeah. I think it's just a tough. It's a, like open well, when world you games. Can, yeah, when you can take. When you can do any mission at any time, or like th- this is sort of that ludo narrative dissonance that always drives me nuts with games. Is that like if Final Fantasy 15 I had this issue with too, where it right. was like, here's the like your father has been killed, you need to seek revenge, like you need to find these weapons, but also take a few hours to learn to ride a chocobo if you want to. Yeah, and, yeah. That's, you know, that's like, my problem is I went from Final Fantasy 15 to Yakuza, which are games that are just nonsense, sure. And then I'm like, this game is unrealistic, there are raccoons in it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> uh, my only other my only real gripe uh, with Horizon so far, like outside of the whatever story, is uh, I I do feel like there are only five variations on a theme when it comes to subquests, like it's or side quests. Like they're all, yeah. it's the same sort of quest. And like The Witcher had a, a little bit of this as well, where it's like go to this point, 
use your focus to find the tracks, follow the tracks to the next point, use your focus to find the yeah. tracks there, go to the next. And so it's like, like sort of repeat, repeat, repeat. This and game like, does a lot of that weird um, sort of Arkham City, Arkham VR detective mode stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun when you're doing combat, but when you're like solving the clues of the ancient ruins yeah. and you're just like walking around and you're like, oh, I scanned a footprint on the floor. It's way less interesting. Okay. Well, it's really and, annoying and they make you do it a lot. You have to scan it and then you have to press triangle to interact with it. Yeah, isn't that odd? It's really weird and it's just like do we need that like this is what i mean by like the kind of the mixtape thing yeah. is like mm-hmm. that's a that's a, a system that's in a million games at this yeah. point and like and i mean like like i said earlier like we are getting pretty nitpicky yeah, here yeah, but yeah. it's like they're they're just little things yeah. in like, i don't like the dinosaurs the, not one bit <laughs> in the middle of this amazing yeah. gigantic package yeah. so i think it's yep. what's fascinating about it is that at a glance i was surprised at how much of an rpg it is yeah really but once i dug a little bit deeper i was really surprised at how it's still kind of not really an RPG. I mean, to me, this is this is the new standard for what an action RPG is. Yeah. Like, this is, like, when yeah. I think action RPG moving forward, like, this is what it is. Yep. Like, it's less of an RPG than, say, something like The Witcher, but it's so much more of an RPG, or more of an RPG than, say, like, the previous Zelda was. Or yeah. Like, or yeah. Watch yeah. Dogs. Yeah. Or Watch Dogs yeah. or something Far like that. You know? well, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, the, the this... Uh, industry and our jobs as a whole uh, rely on ranking things mm-hmm. and consistently having to be like, well, this is almost as good as this, but not as good as this. Yeah. And so I guess for the sake of that argument, where do you guys put this in terms of the PS4 exclusives? Uh, right behind Bloodborne. Yeah, I was, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Right this there is with like, you. I don't love it, but it's top five easy. We yeah. were talking about this. We were texting about this yesterday. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't think that there's a game that can come out this generation that will be better to me than Bloodborne. Like, I think that they just knocked it out of the park You're, with I Bloodborne. I think Bloodborne had just the highest highs. Yeah. Like, taking down a boss in Bloodborne is, is like nothing else. But, but this is a close second. Really, yeah. really, really, really yeah. close. This is a very close second. Um, and I think, I mean, then you're up there with stuff like uh, Uncharted 4, uh, Ratchet & Clank. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, I would have put, had it not come to Xbox, I would put The Witness up there. Yeah, and yeah for mm-hmm. me, this is, in terms of single Single console exclusives, the top three of this generation are Horizon, Bloodborne, and uh, Sunset Overdrive on Xbox in, honestly, any day, any given order at this point. Sure. Granted, I haven't finished Horizon, so I don't know if I'll get maybe higher or lower on it. It's uh, completely nuts that this came out, what, three weeks after Neo, and which was three weeks after Gravity Rush? And like, that we had Resident Evil 7, and we have yeah. Yakuza. And like, yeah. Zelda. Yeah. Like, I mean, just looking at the PlayStation exclusives on that on yeah. that list, you have enough to play for the first six months of this year. Yeah, we got even more we'll ignore, talk about that also came out this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, somebody said, uh, "How could a new franchise work? Like in terms of like, where does this go? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we haven't, I haven't finished it. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing they don't. And I'm guessing everyone doesn't die. Doesn't I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what happens. I mean, well, it is safe entire, to say this is a core Sony franchise. The yeah. entire yeah. world explodes, yeah. and so does all of space. So. I think the uh, yeah. No. The next thing that happens here is so probably less about space. <laughs> less about what happens in the universe, and more the fact that you add multiplayer. Right? Like that seems like the logical progression of. Oh yeah, yeah. You've, they've got a million systems and mechanics here that are so, in place. Yeah. I don't know what you do without completely capsizing it. Mm-hmm. It would be like cars. It would be amazingly fun to take this combat and take a team of like three people yes. and take on like a super yeah. high. I level. mean, that's where you get the monster yeah. hunter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a monster hunter that I can understand with my dumb idiot brain. Yeah, your brain is very dumb. It's yeah. stu- um, stupid. Is stupid. Yeah, well, but uh, I think. I mean, this game is obviously <laughs> scoring super well. This game is going to lead to the next big Sony franchise. Yeah. Also, the fact that. Death Stranding, whenever it comes out, is built on the skeleton of this oh. engine. Yeah, you said something really interesting yeah. when you, we were texting about it. You know, you said that it was kind of a stupid thing to say, but you were breathing a sigh of relief when yeah. you saw and like saw how well this engine yeah. ran, how gorgeous it is. Because knowing that Kojima doesn't have to rely on the Fox engine and has something that's equally competitive in Ko- graphically. Kojima so. is the first named, uh, the first person thanked in the special thank yous when you, when you <laughs> written and directed by Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Hideo Kojima game. He does the video um, for all the dinosaurs. Yeah. But no, like, <laughs> nasty, um, nasty boys. That was, that's honestly like a huge sigh of relief because like I was, you know, tracking the development of the Fox engine when, you know, Kojima was at yeah. Konami. Yeah. And that like Metal Gear Solid 5 is like, it's, it's nuts. It's stunning. It's gorgeous. And then it was like, oh, he, he left and he left his engine there. No, yeah. this game will fully be able to support whatever utterly ridiculous nonsense <laughs> Kojima throws under. And I can't wait to play it in yep. 2022. Can't wait to play as that weird baby that disappears. <laughs> if that Where did game, he go? If that game has problems, it's, it's, gonna, it's not going to be the engine's fault. It'll collapse under the weight of its own <laughs> inanity. <Yeah. laughs> no, that's, that's entirely true. I'm really yeah. excited about that. Um, but yeah, but yeah like, I think I, I think um, like 
just new, just creating a brand new map, a new world. I like I didn't say this before, but this this is this game is almost too big. Like it's yeah. just a big ass game. So the idea of making an entire new one for a sequel seems crazy to me, but they'll do it. I sure. mean, um, is this the biggest game of the year that we know of? What do you mean? Like in terms of scale and stuff to do. Uh, I mean, we don't know Zelda or Red Dead. Zelda's world seems We haven't seen Red Dead either. Uh, Oh, yes. There's that. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's... Red Dead's not coming out this year. Oh, dang. Hey. Stop you just, that. You're breaking news on this show? You're going to get us in trouble. You're going to get us... The That's rock, not true. The rock, star, the rock star bully will come and get us. Oh, no. oh yeah. bully. That boy. Yeah. We'll have to join the Midnight Club. But yeah, I want I want new <laughs> robot animals. I want new a big a bigger world. Nude, yeah. robot, ro- nude robot animals? Mm-hmm. I think a, a cool mod for this would be if all of the robot dinosaurs were just very familiar uh, large cars. It's probably not going to get mod. Yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 I think it's good. Skyrim has PS4 mods. You can ride horses in this game, but they're robots, so there's your car. Horse, the nature's car. Yeah. The original horse <laughs> power. <laughs> Truly. Max, what other games are coming out this week? Um, yeah, I want to take a, take a break from talking about all the, the big old the big old AAA whatnots. Uh, Pixel Story's out. Um, I played a little bit of this. It's, uh, yeah, we're going to do a Let's Play up this week. It's been on Steam for a while, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's been on um, Steam for about a year, I think. What I like about this is it does something I've wanted to see a game do for a while, which is basically the Who Framed Roger Rabbit equivalent of video games, where it's like there's different eras of, of aesthetics yeah. together at once. That sounds awesome. I think as you, as you upgrade, you go from being like Oh, you're a pong. I think you actually play as a pong ball, basically. Yeah. yeah. Who gradually becomes like more and more evolved. So you, mm-hmm. yeah. You, and it's you go, a Metroidvania. Yeah. You go through That's like really you know, eight, sixteen, and then I think yeah. towards the end, it's like low poly stuff. Uh-huh. It's, um, it's pretty unabashedly devoted to the video games it's taking from too. Like sure. the, yeah. the box cover has the main character just straight up in his hand as a red hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, all right, I, I see what you got there. Yeah. Uh, then of course there is Typo Man, which is a video game. Oh, there's a little typo there. <laughs> you all thought. That was a funny, funny joke earlier. Well, I thought it was um, funny to read it. Yeah, it's it's funny. Typos, yeah. typos don't really work when you read yeah, them out that, loud. And it just uh, doesn't speak oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey. Yeah. But Typo um, Man is a, uh, it aesthetically looks like it's this grim monochromatic puzzle platformer like Limbo, but the whole thing is like moving letters around to try to create yeah. words and words will like, like if you somehow find the word rise near water, the water level will rise. It's I dig it. It's, oh, it's, yeah. got, it's got a lot of cool ideas. I played it on Wii U of all places last year. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They, what else was he going to play on Wii U last <laughs> yeah. year? Yeah. There you go. Uh, there's a game called Vaccine coming out, which is a, as near as I can tell, it's like a time attack, low poly survival horror. Uh, so basically. I think Trump just canceled that game. <laughs> oh, Jenny McCarthy is the last boss. Oh, um, but yeah, basically uh, you, you're you sick with some kind of zombie disease and you're running around this, uh, this haunted house and there's like nasty crab things and it all looks like Resident Evil 1. Uh, and in the top there's like. That a, sounds awesome. There's a, like a half hour countdown. Is it like a roguelike? I don't know, oh. um, but it, like I watched the trailer and it looks looks very cool. Oh, right um, so if that sounds appealing, it might be. Uh, there are two Warhammer games coming out. There's a Warhammer 40k Dirge of the Death Swarm Skull Marcher Blood Patrol. Just get through this. I didn't none, even none of us finish are playing Warhammer. None of us are going to play yeah. these games. There's another the one, one, Warhammer and Friends. Stop it. And then of course there's Psychonauts VR. Marty, you played this? Yeah, I played it. I'm supposed to review it. I should have been done with my review today. I haven't written it yet though. That's not, <laughs> not great. great at my job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Psychonauts and the Rhombus of Ruin is sort of Psychonauts 1.5. Uh, it's a PSVR exclusive it is a roughly three hour uh first person point and click adventure game set in awesome. the psychonauts universe so cool uh, yeah tim schaefer wrote this it's Aww. just as funny and charming as the first psychonauts and hopefully psychonauts 2 uh it's really smart uh it's a point and click adventure that's uh like batman arkham vr is all node based but it makes sense in the world because you're using your clairvoyance to hop in the minds right. of different characters or a lot of it takes place underwater so different fish so <laughs> these are your sort of points of view so yeah, i played for three hours pretty drunk and i didn't get nauseous at all so, did you finish it yeah i finished it it's okay. really fun does, yeah. does it set up like without getting too spoiled totally. it sets up the second uh, yeah sequel? yeah totally um, um you play as raz uh, yeah, you play as Raz, but you're clairvoyant, and so you're popping into different people's heads and being like, "What's going on to me?" Sounds like a Raz yeah. thing. To I do. saw a thing that if you pre-order this game, you get uh, the original Psychonauts. Yeah, for free. Whoa, on PS4. That's free awesome. on PS4, which yeah. is uh, awesome. Which is one of those games to prepare you. I don't for know, I'm sorry, I got so excited, but Psychonauts is one of my favorite games. Psychonauts of all is times, very good, and the idea of playing it on PlayStation Four is very exciting to me. Yeah, it's very good. It looks great on PSVR. Controls great. Uh, head tracking is really good. Yeah, that's Raz. Um, sweet. I can't wait for that. That's Raz. One now, game Maxwell. I've been waiting for for so long. Here we go. Uh, Night in the Woods. Uh, this is it's out today. Yeah. Out today, yeah. uh, this is I wrote twee hipster animals with emotional problems. I feel like that about sums it up. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a game that we've seen for yeah, yeah. I mean, I first saw it at PAX 2015. So, what yeah. do you do in this game? 
Uh, it's like a pseudo rhythm quasi adventure. Uh, it's an adventure it's, game it's, that yeah. has that has little elements. So there's like a rhythm element, like yeah. there's a mini game. There's a yeah. there's a shoplifting mini game. You go to the it's it's a bunch of adorable kind of like animals and and so basically like narrative based WarioWare. Yeah, kind of. It's very it's got some gone home elements. I like, uh, what, I like that what a lot. You're a, a talking cat. Uh, and it's what's weird is your animals, but they're also they're also like regular animals in in the world that you're in. Uh, yeah. But it's kind of like going back to your your hometown and being like it's got a real like uh, goofy and like have to live with your parents got, for a summer. Yeah, it's got some yeah. like ghost world. It's got some garden state in there. Uh, so if you're sure. interested in you know being sad but also cartoon animals, this is the game for you. Me, it's also got just a really great art style. But you don't have to take looks. my word for it. Dun dun dun. Um, no, I'm really excited. Yeah, our about review this. is not up yet. We got our codes today, so you, we have to take your word for it right yeah, now. Yeah, okay. we'll <laughs> take my word for it. Da, da, da. Yeah, 12 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> now it's time for Rapid Fire. Uh, this most is of the, these are Horizon themed. Oh, okay. Well, Did we answer most of these? Did we? No. Uh, mm, Scott Zeal asks You say how. Wait. Asks, you, oh, say I see. How beautiful Horizon you say is. how beautiful Horizon is. Uh, seen as they are now sharing a game engine with Kojima, what do you think he will be able to do with it? How stunning will it be? <laughs> I like that the bullet point under this is just yes in all caps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we kind of talked about this. I mean, you know, Max, you said that you were like super relieved with the way it looks. Like, I think that, that Kojima is going to be able to go above and beyond what he did with the Fox engine because this engine is phenomenal. Yes, like, um, totally. I yeah. was actually really concerned uh, just going in that he wouldn't be able to render enough dead whales yeah. uh, or just this, beached uh, crabs or whatever. Yeah. But I think I there's going to be just no limit to the I read of, that this engine can render up to 12,000 dead whales at, in any given moment. Might so not be enough for him. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I mean like the, the sort of like desert canyons that uh, – <laughs> Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five had. I think this game does exceptionally well. Yeah. So if he wants to lean into any any sort of stuff like the jungles for a Metal Gear Solid Three, this game does exceptionally well. Yeah. Like also, look, yeah. look at his lineage I mean, of like settings. Yeah. Also, and think and about the, how this game yeah. will do them. Also, this game just destroyed beauty really well, which is something that seemingly Death Stranding is a. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also it's borderline yep. photorealistic, yeah. uh, and the fact is, it's an engine. What's under the hood there, and how it's utilized doesn't really mean a whole lot when you consider that, like, oh, I don't know, like Ori and the Blind Forest is running on, on like Unity, you right? Know, like, and that's the same thing. Felt that, like Gone Home, yeah, Gone yeah. Home. Like, yeah, I mean, it's what people do with with engines. I mean, it, it could be like Death Stranding could be like a hour and a half long FMV game. I don't know. Um, so you know, that's, that's uh, at the very cool. least, it's a really cool engine, and I hope we I hope we see more like more games on it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Kendall Arias says, uh, does Horizon have options to switch between better frame rates, details, resolutions on the Pro, like Rise of the Tomb Raider? Brian? Yeah, so not yet. Uh, big day one patch. Well, not too big, but enough to, to give you all the options there. I was actually kind of surprised that this sort of pre-release version that we're playing, or it is the retail version, just doesn't have that baked in yet. Yeah, and so, we don't know if it's going to work out well or not. Uh, supposedly, the Final Fantasy XV Pro patch just went out and mm-hmm. is sort of a mess right now. Oh, really? I love so how people they, are uh, honestly <laughs> suggesting not downloading not download it. it. I love it. how in the, in the patch notes, they're like, we ended the Chocobo Carnival. I'm like, you did, that's not patching. You ended a carnival. That's depressing. Yeah. Don't patch that. Well, that game was a wreck. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's such a, yeah, it's such a pretty wreck. No, yeah. it's, it's, a, my, it's, a it's nice my wreck. wreck. Um, no, but this game's going to have plenty of options. It has a photo mode right now, which I saw. Photo uh, mode's oh, great. God, just yeah. stunning stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, just the, the amount of settings. Uh, like, you can screw with. You can choose what's on the HUD, like, up yeah. and down. Uh I really appreciate that. It's a little bit overwhelming to actually kind of figure that out, but considering how much time you probably have to spend playing the game, yep. it's uh, nice that they have that. Um, yeah, I think it's like once you get your sea legs out there that you can take off the HUD and start kicking ass, um, it's going to look yeah. gorgeous. Uh, Brian, you suggested uh, turning on the dynamic HUD, yeah. uh, which I can't recommend enough. Like, yep. it, like yep. The HUD to me... When it's always on, it's just sort of messy. Like I, not necessarily ugly, but there's just like a lot of different systems to keep track of. And the dynamic cut is really great because like you won't see it until you're grabbing medicine or getting injured yeah. or using an item. And if or, you need like, to see it, you just tap the it, yeah, tap exactly. the touchpad. Yeah, and it brings it right up. Yeah, cool. it's awesome. Do that um, first. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, James Keegan asks: Does the player get a sense of progression quickly? Games like Fallout and Skyrim turn me off as I feel after. 10 hours of playing that I'm barely past the starting point. You, it takes a couple hours for the game to let go of your hand. Yeah. Uh, not definitely not 10 hours, but I feel like mm-hmm. two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Uh, but then once it lets go of your hand, you are, have, you have free reign to progress yeah, as free, you want. Free yeah. to go out there and get your ass kicked by like level 36 dino. Yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, I like I I mean I I just I think in terms of like comparing it to something like Skyrim or Fallout, uh it's I think it does a lot better in keeping you sort of engaged with what you're doing moment to moment. Um and I don't feel like there's a ton of just like aimless meandering, which I find myself doing in those games a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like once you get past the, like the tutorial area you can start upgrading stuff really quickly yeah. and, and immediately feel that feedback. Like the first time that you upgrade your armor, or upgrade your bows, you're like, oh, I can see this already in practice. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Also, it's, it's a weird comparison to make to something like a Bethesda game because those are so like do everything like you want to be like a florist in that game you can be like i want to collect tin cans and become the librarian you're like okay but mm-hmm. in yeah. this it's kind of like oh you're going to be a dinosaur ass kicker yeah uh so also it's it's more fun to grind in this game yeah like it's you're not just going and fighting uh you know bandits who can't find you why is that librarian have so many cans uh because it's a it's a can it's library the, marty the they're important it's called a cannery <laughs> the answer is the brotherhood insane. of tin <laughs> Anyway, Philip Price says, I replay The Last of Us at least once a year. My God, seek help. Uh, can any of you see yourselves replaying Horizon in the future? Uh, so I think this game's too big yeah. to yeah. replay. I, so the thing that jumps out to me is like, I don't know that I would necessarily replay it from top to bottom again, right. but I will definitely come back to it from time to time to take on high level enemies that oh, I yeah. haven't. Like I'm, I, so like we get a certain amount of copies for review and for, for people to play so we can talk about it on beyond and stuff like that. And one of the, one of the tenets of that is like they're, they're IGN's copies. They belong to IGN. Once we play it, you're supposed to bring it back. Mm-hmm. And so like, I definitely feel like with horizon, I'm going to get through the main story and then probably pick up my copy later when yeah. it goes down, uh, like when it g- drops and when it's on sale, I'll pick up a copy from my own and jump back into it and play some of the, you know, like obviously there's probably going to be DLC stuff that comes yeah. down the road. There's going to be new monsters. There's going to be bigger stuff that I just didn't get a chance to take mm. on. And I think like revisiting that in the way that I've revisited the Witcher over the last two years to play that DLC or to do side quests that I didn't finish there. Like I will continue to come back to this game, but maybe not necessarily start it over. Yeah. yeah. This is not a game that's really built for rentals. Like yeah. this is a game that if you pay 60 bucks for it, you will easily get 60 bucks worth of time yeah. with oh, it. God. And it's, yeah. I mean, I'm at, uh, so I finished the main campaign at like, like 60%, 65% done with the game, maybe 70 and now I'm at like 82 or 83. You're going to go I'm, for it? You're going to get that like, platinum? And I'm like, well, I'm here. Might yeah. as well. Um, I think like... My wife playing, hasn't left me late yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, I think that like Philip says he replays The Last of Us once a year. That's like a 14-hour game, 12-hour yeah. game, 16 hours if you sort of take your time. Also, I said, um, I said seek help about that. I, I meant more because that's like watching Requiem for a Dream every two weeks. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, harsh. <laughs> yeah, it's harsh. I actually was only able to play The Last of Us once and then I tried to play it again on PS4 and was like, I, I don't, don't want to do, do this again. Yeah. I think, I, think I played it three I, times. I love it. It's one of my favorite things of all time, but I just, I can't subject myself to all to of it again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that said, in the amount of time that you can beat The Last of Us, you can, or you can play The Last of Us four times, or you could play through Horizon once. Yeah. yeah. So it's also like, that's a linear game. This is, yep. this is just a sprawling world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah Welch says, any horses? Horse deaths? Just horses in general? Just Brian, regular, take it away. Uh, so are, is he th- talking about this in the context of Horizon, or does he just mean out there in the world? Because, yes, of course there are horses and horse deaths. Do you I know that thousands of horses explode every second? Oh, yeah, every second. That's terrible. Yeah. And the average person eats uh, eight horses a year in their sleep. Yeah. So that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> Very slowly. Yeah. Um, there are three types of animal And if a horse is placed in a, a stable with a, a radioactive atom and there's no door in and out of the stable, the horse uh, simultaneously is uh, eating yep. apples and not eating apples at the same time because oh, horses wow. do love apples, but sometimes they don't want to eat yeah. You know, if you let a horse go upstairs... <laughs> Quantum horse physics, Marty. It won't come back down, and not because it's afraid of steps, but because it likes to put its head out the window and yell at the poor horses down on the floor and go, look at me. I live in I'm a all the way, apartment. I'm all the way You're a bunch here. of horses. I'm a horse. <laughs> Pretty sure there, that's cows, but all right. Anyway, there are three types of animals in this game that you can uh, mount and ride around. Horse type animals are one of them. There's also like these bulls you can ride and yeah, yeah it's really cool. Uh, at one point in the game you do get uh, this sort of mastery trait over them where you can kind of summon one at any given time and it's very like robot Epona. I kind of love it. That's great. But also you have no connection to it so if Oops. it gets exploded or dies or you know <laughs> gets swallowed by a man yeah. eight times in a year. It doesn't have a face so it's all good. <laughs> What's it the third matter? mount? We don't want to tell you. It's a no, spoiler. It's okay. Uh, Tarantula. It's just a. It's, it's a, not a tarantula. It's a giant Logitech webcam that you yep. just straddle. And just <laughs> just roll, rock it through the world. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have anything else? That's it. Plug, that's your, it. plug your ish. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so if you're listening to this podcast, it means you probably like a good video game and have <laughs> maybe been playing video games for a long time or not that long and would like to learn more about video games from yesteryear. So 
Our friends, uh, Frank Spaldi and Steve Lynn, have just announced today the Video Game History Foundation, and uh, they, in order to run a foundation like this, these guys have have decades and decades of unreleased and super rare games and ephemera in order to house and uh, sort of facilitate this sort of video game preservation, they need money. So they've partnered with us. Um, We're going to do the, we're throwing the IGN save point live stream on Monday, the 27th at noon. Uh, We're going to have a bunch of guests from other outlets come in. We're going to play a bunch of retro games, unreleased games. They're going to show just a ton of like bizarro, um, peripherals that you may yeah. have never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do a bunch of panels uh, and Let's Plays throughout the course of four or five hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, to reiterate, uh, video game preservation is one of those things that's so incredibly important that I don't think a lot of people think about because mm-hmm. we go, oh, we have our games and they can last forever uh, and then we can have our digital games and we can back them up. But more so than that is the sort of the stories and the lineage and the history that comes with these things. I mean, we didn't know until a couple years ago, Frank actually wrote the article about we didn't know what the release date was in America for right, Super for Mario Brothers. Right. Yeah. It's the thing we just take for granted, right? That we all just know that game exists. Its iconography is everywhere. So um, using this this sort of telethon fundraiser type thing uh, through Patreon, uh, we'll be able to help hopefully raise enough money to help preserve video games forever, get out there, interview the people that need to be interviewed, find places, store important artifacts throughout time, uh, and preserve video games forever. Well, yeah. And it's this, like the, the, you know, them being funded means they can seek out stuff like games that have gotten canceled yep, and right. find builds of them. Yeah. And be like, hey, this is what this game was before it got canceled. Yeah. It's yep, interesting to yeah. talk to them now because they have like a ton of NES and Super NES games that just never saw the light of day or were in development that like we're playing demos to capture for our live stream and they're, they literally just end in some places. Yeah. Like you go through a door and that's, he's just like, well, that's, that's the end. Yeah, that's finished. the end yeah. of the game. That was the end of um, it. They stopped making it. And those games exist now. Yeah. You know, like those games exist for the PlayStation 2. They exist for, for uh, 360. And like, yeah. But the thing is like they're under lock and key now. But in five years, in 10 years, when those companies are ready to release those assets, they are going to want to turn to people like Frank and Steve to say like, hey, we don't know how to store this stuff. We don't know how to properly right. document yeah. this stuff forever. Like, and we've can seen you it, come and do it? You know? We've seen it here at IGN. We moved from the third floor to the fourth floor a couple years ago and we brought up these just massive crates of old pre-release and alpha build games uh that were like if you look at old nintendo 64 carts like uh that were basically pre-release they're like a foot tall they're like those old cd cases it's like a really tall n64 game Mm. and they have like you know demo like mario 64 demos on them and like half finished playstation one games on like huge discs with like cases on them and stuff yeah i mean if you think about like how many games send out uh pre-release builds for previews or something well now there's more like preview events yeah, but yeah. like back in the day you know they, they'd send these preview builds or they'd send like an e3 disc that says like hey here's a bunch of the games that are going to be at e3 like there's a certain percentage of those games that just never came out mm-hmm. and those yeah. builds are the only things that exist I mean, even and like, like how many like in 96 what was somebody's foresight to say uh well here this is just a, a disc or a cart that i don't need i've already played this demo there's yeah. nothing else to it yeah. the ability I mean, for us to play earthbound 64 which is right. something that never came out and yeah. i mean we've even had in our careers of being able to play games like uh, fable legends and like yep. scalebound and it's like well no one's ever gonna play those games yeah, yeah. they yeah. got canceled yeah. which, which like sucks that because that's 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 thousands of man hours yeah. being put towards yeah. something like i mean you see this with uh I feel with with movies that generally speaking, if a movie starts getting made, it comes it out. Comes but out, then you yeah. have something like, you know, uh Yodorowsky's Dune, where it it was an idea, it was all in pre-production. Generally speaking, like games reach some level of like existence, but because yeah. they're developed usually under, you know, strict secrecy, that stuff just stays in a vault somewhere or yeah. it gets chucked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they were so, saying one of the worst things that can happen is like a company moves or moves floors or moves offices and stuff vanishes. Yeah. It just disappears. People just go with like bulldozers and just throw out like decades of, of, yeah. of, of, of lineage and lore and history for video games. So. Right. Which sucks and because I think it's, it's, it's like finding like a, a sketchbook of Da Vinci or something. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's a hard drive. It's and, just office equipment. You yeah. know? And I think that our industry is still young enough where like, that history is still being created on a day-to-day basis and it mm-hmm. is still something that is very tangible and something that is very easily disposable. So that that's what these guys are all about. Like that's their whole mission is to just to find that stuff, track it down, have the money to purchase it if they need to, mm-hmm. have the money to to store it the proper way, have the money to uh, maybe one day build a brick and mortar space where people can come and check yeah, out the these museum. old games. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's really important. And if you're a fan of the medium, if you're a fan of the art form, uh, 
please check not. it out. Yeah, if you're not, yeah, yeah, if you're not, if you want to, to podcast, hear the stories, <laughs> you know, person. like um, what is it happening once again? February 27th uh, from Mar- noon to five ish. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. cool. So mark your calendars. Yeah, uh, yep. that'll be a good time. We plan a bunch of games. Oh. Oh, oh, man, that did show. not go as well on NVC when Jose did the same thing. The, the really? airplane just kind of, yeah. Really? Wow, yeah, you're so good at airplane. I hope that's not a metaphor for the console wars. Yeah. <laughs> Pilot wings, y'all. Anyway, uh, this is Podcast Biana. We do it every week. We have a good time doing it. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle. Zach is Zacharias D. And Marty is McBiggity. Not with anymore. Two I deleted it. What? Liars. <laughs> no? No right. way. <laughs> Why did I go no question mark? <laughs> Marty is underscore Michael Phelps on Twitter. You can find him there and find out all sorts of swimming recipes. Anyway... <laughs> We'll be what? back next week. Like if you put your wa- body in the water, you can swim. You know, if you think about it, swimming is the soup of sports. Good night. Beyond. The average man swallows eight swimmers a year. Oh, God. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.